It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. Well, good morning and welcome to the session where faith and life connect. I am Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. And if you're listening on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com, welcome to you. And uh, we have um, a lighter topic, I think, this week. That's right. After a couple weeks of talking about veterans and suicide this week, we talk about 10 ways to motivate your child. Definitely. And kids always need a little bit of help with that. Uh, Yeah, that's true. And a lot of adults. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. With the looking at the mirror. Um, so yeah. a lot of what we're going to share with you today comes from imom.com. If you want to see it there, we will also have the entire show notes posted under our podcast network at shinefmohio.com. Uh, we're kind of anticipating a two-week project here. As part of Tom's, uh, as we talk about goal setting, you always set achievable goals. Right. right. Set mm-hmm. yourself up to succeed. So 10 ways to motivate your child in one setting from us? Right. Not going to happen. No. We're going to shoot for five, and if we get to six, we're going to celebrate. If we get to five, we're going to celebrate. Yes. If we get to four, well, we're going to have a meeting and talk about it afterwards. (laughs) Talk about our opportunity to improve next time. There we go. All right. Before we dive in, Tom, we turn to God's Word. Let's do that out of Luke Chapter 18 and verse 16, I think this begins to put in perspective about how our God feels about children. But Jesus called for them, saying, Permit the children to come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. The kingdom of God belongs to little children. Look at how valuable they are to him. So it's okay if I act like a six-year-old. Well, yeah, it, Sherry's been talking about that <laughs> uh, in emails. Have... For... <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I'll talk to you later about that. <laughs> All right, so the question is asked right out of the gate, what motivates your child? And right now I, I can just kind of see wheels spinning right. all over Shine FM land for what motivates your child? Well, and Scott, as we speak to those parents out there that are listening, we do want them to understand that's important. When we talk about what motivates them, well, without question, we want to have some idea. And to give you a parallel picture of it, when I was in the classroom, and there were 35, and, oh, I'm sorry, it wasn't quite 35, <laughs> 30. <laughs> you couldn't motivate all of them the same. Right. And in the same way it is with your children, based on their personalities and their temperament, you're going to be able to motivate them differently. I think across the board, you know my bias, without question. We find how to celebrate them and their success, and that will motivate them beyond anything. Exactly. Celebrate their successes. So what motivated a young Tom Russell, though? 
what was your driving force? The fear of wrath. <laughs> <laughs> My parents didn't quite get the celebration thing. <laughs> yeah. They, they picked other forms of motivation. Yeah, yeah, it was serious. My dad, he had a very difficult life, so school was not a good thing to him in the first place. So he didn't really understand how to motivate us. It was very heavy-handed and, and highly negative, and don't dare mess up or you're... The in, wrath will fall. That's right. Yes. And so my mom came from a healthier background, but she was drowned out by the uh, um, heavy hand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for yeah. me, it was a fear of the Marine. Okay. Yeah, my dad was a Marine, and the guy with the devil dog tattoo on his shoulder, you know, I always... Mm. I was I was always a, in a little fear of my dad. Well, yeah. But then there was always the fear of mom because she was the first one you had to face when you got home. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. And then, the of course, the infamous line, wait till your father gets home. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that, that line was always good for uh, slowing me down just a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. So the, every kid is different. You know, it's just like in the classroom. We know as teachers, every child is different. Some kids learn just by taking notes, and they memorize them on site. Right. My roommate in college... Yeah, drove me nuts. nuts. Yeah, he read it and he had it. Uh, there are other kids; they're auditory. They've got to hear it, right? Other kids, they've got to see it presented in some way. Maybe it's something on the board or in a movie. How many of us can actually quote movie lyrics? Oh, you yeah. Know, you sit down to watch a movie and you can. Yeah, I drive my girls nuts with this. <laughs> there are movies that my granddaughter and I watch together. Uh-huh. And it's to the point where we've got them memorized. How about that? And Allison and I will just do, uh-huh. do tangled back and forth to each other. That's pretty cool. You know, that kind of stuff. So we all have different motivations. So uh, imom.com offers 10 ways to motivate your children. And one of them, I think, is right in Tom's wheelhouse, actually. Uh, yes. <laughs> the first thing is to set goals. Right. If we have them and we set the goals, we want to make a list of short-term goals, Scott, and one for the long-term goals. But let's make sure the goals are reachable. This is huge. But require effort to obtain. So we want to be sure you're helping your children choose the right goals. Well, goal-setting in general... Um, I, I want to see, was it Stephen McCovey who wrote Seven Habits of Highly Successful People? He also did a version for teenagers. One of his seven that he researched of the seven was goal setting. That successful young people set goals and they reached them. Well, I think that's, that's critical. But I'm a strong advocate in having very obtainable goals because we really want to focus on what are we trying to accomplish here? Do we want them to get the A? Okay, they they fell ninety seven percent or higher on the on the grade, or do we want them to A own their own schooling and B be successful? Well, when they feel success, they might be okay with a ninety one or ninety two, but they're owning it. It's, they're being responsible. We don't want them living in fear of what's going to happen to them if they end up getting a 91 and mom and dad wanted a 95 or higher. So for them to set goals there, and again, what's our objective as a parent? What are we teaching? What do we want to see happen? Goodness sakes, I I was always so thankful that that most of our children were able to manage owning their own schooling. And by the time they were in high school, 
you know what, we were facilitators. Oh, uh-huh. you, you need this, you, you need the car to go get that for your schooling. You, you know, oh, we have to be at this meeting. Okay, we'll be there. That was wonderful. Yeah. And that that's a whole lot easier way to parent Right. Than to pair it by fear and retribution and punishment. Right. Yeah. And there is something that they included. They actually included a goal sheet. Yes. Um, And I will try to put this into the show notes. Now, if you know me at all, you know I am technologically challenged. Uh And I cannot guarantee that I'll get it there, but I will try to post that there with the show notes on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. And we'll set a very doable goal, reachable goal for you, Scott, <laughs> to get that on there. By. And we'll celebrate it next week. Yeah. So the, the goal sheet basically sets a goal for school. It sets a goal for learning new things. It sets a goal for friends and family and for health, Right. which I find interesting because that's not something that's talked about as much anymore. So I, I find that very, very interesting. About your health? Yeah. Yeah. It's not something you talk about with kids, and really it should be. Obesity, I can't tell you the percentage-wise, but it is on the rise oh absolutely big time yeah i mean we look at our kids today and i can't tell you the last time that kids what what does gym class go through what like seventh grade now once you get in high school gym doesn't exist anymore wow and i i think that's sad i think really we need physical education absolutely you know and but that's just me and my opinion about that and 50 cents will get you down payment on a Starbucks. All right. So moving on to goal number two in yeah. the 10 ways to motivate your child, make a plan. What? You mean we can't just jump into this willy-nilly? Come on, Tom. Yeah. A plan would really be good. So in order to reach goals, Scott, you got to have a plan. You want to help your children create a strategy to reach their goal. Make it step-by-step and plan that will help them reach their goal. Printable goals, and this research definitely supports, printable goals for kids will help you get started, but also those that are written down or verbalized have a higher degree percentage chance of happening. They're more likely going to happen if they're written or they're spoken. It, for one, you get supported. Right. Two, your parents are going to hold you accountable for it. <laughs> but it is good. And so when we talk about plans as an example, the SMART goal plan that some research talks about. The goals should be specific. They should be measurable so you know if you reached it or not. There should be an action plan. And the action plan really fits with what this goal is more like talking about. We're talking about when we have an action plan, it answers questions like, where is this going to happen? How are you going to reach this goal? When are you going to reach this goal? And who, this is an important one for those learning styles that want to hear it, they want to hear or or, or need some assistance, who's going to help you if you can't? So now all of a sudden we, we are putting them in position. That's a great way to put them in position to be successful. But again, if it's not the child's goal, if they're not answering those questions, it's going to be difficult because if the parents own it, it's not going to happen. We're the not going to yeah. need to own it. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, you, you made an interesting point there, Tom, the idea that, you know, yeah, you can set these goals for your kids, but it's okay to ask for help. Right. You don't, it's not something you just say, okay, here's the goal, kids, off you go. Right. And the kids just try and figure it out. Right. If they don't, you know, who's my fallback? If I don't understand this or if I'm having trouble, who's my fallback? Is it dad? Is it mom? Is it grandpa? Is it? 
Right. Coach Pucciarelli in track. I don't know. Who is your who's your helper there? Um, okay, you started smart, so we got through SMA. So what's the ERT? <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, we probably ought to finish it. Yeah, finish, finish your smart. Be smart enough to finish your Anyway, what's A the smart R? idea here would be we might want to finish it. My ADD kicked in, Scott. So the R stands for revise. I, I'd say it's probably the most important part of goal setting. To revise it, then if I didn't reach my goal, then I'm going to revise it, lower the goal, maybe give it more time so that I can accomplish it. I think that's most important because a lot of people, when they don't reach their goal, they pitch goal setting. They kick it to the curb. It doesn't work for me. I'm done. Right. So now we are up to smar. <laughs> we got the smar. Now we just need the. T- Here comes the. T- <laughs> the t- stands for <laughs> time. There. Hey. There we go. Over time, that we ought to probably have in a lot of realistic goal setting should be talked about in terms of a week. However, we're talking about the action part of it. We want to look at it per week, but that doesn't include short term, which could actually be, uh, if we're talking school, one grading period, or maybe to the inter- uh, when, when they have the midterm, uh, communicate with the parents, mm-hmm. you know, your your child. conferences, yeah, yeah, from one from there to the end of the grading period, or from the start of the grading period to conferences. So then, also long term. Well, long-term is we want to see him graduate and get out of the house and leave us alone. (laughs) 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 And start giving us grandkids. Yeah. 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 But they all connect to the vision. When God was talking to Jeremiah about his people and he said, I know the plans I have for you and they're for good. They're not for evil. They're for hope and a purpose that's when we begin to embrace the vision and in the pieces of the puzzle we just put together begin to fit toward reaching that vision. And so when you're talking about the person that you can count on who can help, I will always, and I've said it now going on my whole professional career, which is pushing 40 years, if it hadn't been for an individual named John Falls who understood algebra and taught me, (laughs) I would not be sitting here today. (laughs) understand that completely all right so we're talking about 10 ways to motivate your children today on the session the first one set goals number two make a plan number three now this one some parents might give you some pushback on so we'll unpack it a little bit make things competitive yeah but tom Uh, everybody wins oh yeah oh well and to some degree if the parents don't like the competition part of it i i think i'm on board however and let's encourage healthy competition. They should be able to because that's just part of life that they're going to they're going to need. We want to cheer on our child. That's also a way to put them in position to be successful and celebrate them. To be another runner in a race or to take home the trophy from the spelling bee. Yeah, okay. Make competition about positive things and strength in regards to your child, and never about negative and weakness toward the competitor. Does your child shy away from competition? I think the the most important thing we can teach them is to compete against themselves. That we teach our child that they can improve what they do. They can get better, whatever it is. Now, in in my household growing up, it was just me and my sister. So the competition was always me and Lorraine. Mm. 
you know, and she'd usually beat me into some kind of submission. <laughs> so, but in a bigger house like yours, you had, let's see, we had Mandy, Jason, David, David and Dean. And Dean. Okay. Yeah, so how, how did you do, <laughs> how, no. did, how did competition work with the four of them? Well, it was the boys against Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> And Mandy usually won. That's right. Yeah, yeah. She she's pretty spunky today for <laughs> for a reason. Yeah, you know, competition between Jason and David was interesting. For a long time, David owned him on the basketball floor. Well, David quit growing, and Jason kept growing. <laughs> so I think that that may have switched over now, and and Jason definitely would be better on the basketball floor. However. Jason can't hold a candle to David on the golf course. I was just going to ask you, who's the better golfer? Yeah. And so closely, very close competitively would be Dean and Jason. And then David and I are are pretty close. But what's so funny is then when that they get in, into one of those situations where we're going to be doing it, the, hear the trash talk <laughs> is priceless. <laughs> I don't care who wins. It's just a really good laugh, when, particularly when Jason and David start going at each other with the trash talking. And I got to say, in, in more recent years, they probably have calmed down there some. Now, what about uh, how did Mandy and mom fit into all of that? You know, Mandy and her competitiveness, she is a lot more competitive than you would think. I think mom got a kick out of watching or hearing the boys with it. Mandy would compete with ways I think she wanted for her acceptance and approval were, were huge, but they're huge for anybody. They're very important for Mandy, I think. So anyway, she always wanted to know she was better. Well, for her, competitive-wise, she cleaned house with academics. She was so brilliant. In high school, I may have shared this story before, it puts her in perspective. She took two full-time loads her senior year here at Mansfield Christian. One, uh, her, one of her years in college as well as her senior year at Mansfield Christian. Oh, my Lord. And she did fine. She got a little burned toward the middle of May, and you know, Mom and I helped her out. But we told her she didn't have to do that, by the way, up front. You don't have to. You want to? You're owning it? That's fine. Just let us know if it's too much, and we'll do whatever we need to do. So she would sit in Mr. Fall's algebra class here. It shows her intelligence versus mine. She would sit in his class in the back of the room and read a book. Mr. Falls knew that. So he would call on her during class while she's reading this book for the answer. She always knew the answer. <laughs> I'm like, how? I needed Mr. Falls to explain it to me 14 times before I had it, and she was reading a book and still could answer it. It wow. was amazing. Yeah, not me. Nope. Not at all. All right, so let's move on to number four. Now, this is a this one can be a bit of a challenge for parents because kids' interests now are so technology-related and screen-related. Yeah. And for me, that's like, can't you look away from that thing for a minute? Take uh. interest. Well, that's right, which means you might have to play a video game. Oh. Oh. I do not have enough available megabytes anymore to do that. Oh, if it's not Space Invaders, I'm lost. Uh, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> but the good news is I don't have to play any with them because I'm, now my grandchildren that may, might be different. Yes. So anyway, 
when we talk about taking an interest in them, I think one of the most positive, most powerful pieces of this discussion is that children convey interest in their activities as interest in them as a person. And thus why you would go to Mandy's um, gymnastics events. Yes. You sat there all day. Right. Just for her to do two or three events for about two minutes each. Right. And continue doing your classwork from seminary in the corner in the gym at the same time. That's exactly right. And I wanted her to know that she was really important. By taking an interest in it, that really sent a message to her that she was important. So it could be working the concession stand during the junior high game so that you can sit during the varsity game to see your kid. And that's where I oftentimes got in trouble. The, the, the season that we had both boys in the same basketball game. Well, I don't know. I think David played varsity and Jason played junior varsity a season or two. And so anyway, I'd be watching them play. And then when, you know, one of the coaches would call timeout, I'd be talking with a friend about, you know, what's, what's going on here? What, you know, what do we need to do? Or, you know, talking basketball stuff. And I get an elbow in the ribs and said, uh, dear, your daughter's out on the floor right now doing her cheerleading thing. <laughs> and if you watch real carefully, she's going to do one of those flip, flip all the way down from one end of the gym to the other yeah, on yeah. the floor. And I'm like, I'm glad she told me. I needed to tune into that so I could tell her honestly afterward, oh, honey, that was really amazing. I don't know how you do that. I would have been broken in four pieces by the, <laughs> by the first one. <laughs> yeah, mid-court, man. I'd be calling the ambulance. So we want to take an interest in what they're doing, even if, and it's not so much that you need to become an expert in it. You just right. need to express an interest and maybe let them teach you about mm. that. And when we do, they feel empowered. Yeah. And then empowerment translates to number five awesome where we get to celebrate accomplishments which again is tom's wheelhouse because then we celebrate the successes i have had a number of patients recently where i have taught them or, or helped them see about the power of celebration and it's amazing they, they would be going on the idea of as long as you're doing what you're supposed to, you don't have to pay me any celebrations, dear, in, like in a marriage situation. You do what you're supposed to do, and we're fine. I'll do what I'm supposed to. You don't have to let me know you appreciate it, and we're fine. So the only emotional transition that was basically happening there, transaction that was happening, was a negative one. Wow. Why didn't you do this? You know you're supposed to do that. And so if they have an emotional bank account and you know you have emotional deposits and emotional account level that's high, well, you take withdrawals out of it, eventually it's going to go belly up like right. a lot of checking accounts. Right. Yeah, it's sad, but true. You got to pour into that account as well. So celebrating your kids, and it doesn't, you know, that even celebrate them if it's an off day. Yeah. Every kid is not going to win every time. Celebrate what they've done. Let me head off a couple of thoughts. Some parents would say, you could have this Reese cup if you do this. That to me is not the celebration that we're talking about. It's more like, some would call it a bribe. 
positive reinforcement. I am absolutely for positive reinforcement. In fact, that's probably the fundamental behind the celebration of success. However, when we talk about celebrating, what's a celebration to our children? I think I've shared one illustration was, I could say to Mandy, I know, we'll celebrate, we'll go out and hit a bucket of balls at the golf course. I don't think we would have been very successful. (laughs) I don't see that happening. Yeah, but what would be a celebration to you? Well, she might say she would want to go out to dinner with me. That's pretty awesome. Uh huh. Pretty expensive, but (laughs) she had expensive taste, but... Well, yeah. you know, it's so when we talk about well, it, let's say our goal, you accomplish your goal. How do you want to celebrate? What's the celebration to you? Now we're the facilitator. When we facilitate, we are transitioning power to our children, which is what we want them to have anyway—a right. healthy power that they're going to be able to manage their lives with. So this is good stuff. Exactly, and that's that's the importance of why we're sharing this with you. And we're going to continue it again next week as we run through 10 ways to motivate your child. So we've we've done the first five. That's right. We don't there need we the go. meeting. We don't need that meeting now. <laughs> no meeting. We can, we're, we've got done what we wanted we'll to. We'll celebrate. We will move on to the remaining five next week. And uh, you can find the show notes here at the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. And, Tom, if someone would like to start a conversation with you about uh, maybe ways that they can make this specific to their situation and their children, how can they start a conversation? Well, Scott, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And remember, you can catch up with us anytime on the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. And if you have an idea for a show you would like us to cover, yes. something to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Just reach out to me with an email to scott at shinefmohio.com. 